Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scorse and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. I hope everybody is doing great. Today's episode is entitled, The GOP's Pivot on Russia Proves That Orwell Was a Prophet. Kind of a mouthful there, kind of a little meandering. But the reason I kind of wanted to go with this angle is because the extent to which the right wing in America and also much, if not all, of the Republican Party are now kind of pro-Putin fascists is such a complete 180 from when I was growing up that it's just shocking. You know, again, nothing surprises me with the right wing in America because, again, they have no principles and they have no bottom. They will not stop until this country and perhaps this planet is a pile of smoking rubble. But it still is shocking Because, again, I remember growing up in the 1980s, and I was not super informed about politics or even that interested in it. I was, you know, a teenager at the time. But I remember the Reagan years very clearly, and they were defined by this strong, virulent anti-communism and anti-Russia stance that really defined the Republican Party. And the Republicans were the party committed to confronting the Soviet Union and defeating it, right? That was their mojo. Now, although Reagan was in many ways a very bad president, he was pretty consistent on his anti-Russia position. And I will admit, because again, this is a fact-based, reality-based podcast, that he did help accelerate the demise of the Soviet Union. It's likely that the Soviet Union would have crumbled under its own weight of corruption and incompetence relatively soon, with or without Reagan, but I give him credit for hastening its downfall. He was really laser-focused on that. Now, of course, in doing so, he also supported all these right-wing, horrible authoritarian regimes in Central America and death squads, and, you know, and he did a ton of horrible things. So I don't want to give him a pass on that, but I do want to give him credit for being really stridently anti-Soviet Union and saying it needs to end and, you know, Gorbachev tear down the wall and all that kind of stuff. And his relationship with Gorbachev seemed to really hasten the demise of, of that really evil, you know, you know pseudo-communist or at least authoritarian dictatorial regime. And when the USSR dissolved, You know, you could sense, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, you could sense that this large animating force in America that had particularly been animating for the right, that had propelled so much of our foreign policy for decades, that in its place there was a vacuum. There was a big hole that was hard to fill because, again, especially for the right wing, Russia had just been front and center in everything. Now, in some ways, The terrorist attacks of 9-11 helped fill that gap. And then we got the global war on terrorism, you know, which was the worst possible, you know, result and thing to fill that void. Um, we don't need to get into that now. We just we know that that was the worst foreign policy decision in U.S. history. 
and George Bush II is to blame for that. But the bottom line here is that Republicans were Russia hawks and they were fiercely anti-Russian. And that's, I just grew up with that. And that was my vision of what Republicans were, at least on the foreign policy front. Even as late as 2012, remember, in the race, you know, for Obama's second term, Mitt Romney, who was the old school Republican, he said that Russia was America's number one threat in 2012. Now, he was largely mocked for this by many, not as much on the right, but on the left. And this was before the you know, Crimea invasion of 2014. And so, you know, while there was some reason to view his hawkishness as out of place, you know, clearly he represented traditional, you know, mainstream Republican views that they still clung to, that it was very much anti-Russia, that Russia was the big, you know, other superpower that was the threat to the United States and it was an evil empire. Now, fast forward a few years from 2012, and we had a presidential candidate openly praising Putin and inviting Russian help to interfere in a U.S. election. I mean, what would have been considered treason and just sacrilege only years before not only didn't hurt Trump, but actually probably helped him. There were people at his rallies with shirts saying they'd rather be friends with Russia than Democrats. Think about that. We'd rather be friends with America's number one enemy than Democrats, Americans in our own country. Of course, once in office, this praise never stopped as Trump kissed Putin's ass every step of the way, every day of his administration. And the Republican cult members of the MAGA fascists followed in, you know, followed in line with strong majorities telling pollsters that Russia was a friend and an ally once Trump was elected. So just think about that. A party that had defined itself in opposition to Russia. Trump comes in and boom, all of a sudden Russia's a friend, an ally. And this continued after Trump's defeat in 2020. And into the beginning days of the invasion of Ukraine when Trump called Putin a genius. And many other of the top commentators of the right wing in America have staked out a clearly strongly pro-Putin position, taking the side of a fascist government invading a free democratic European nation in 2022. Just amazing stuff. And remember also that almost no Republicans voted to impeach or convict Trump in the first impeachment when he tried to blackmail Zelensky by withholding military aid, right? Now, I will admit that this has gotten a little bit more complicated with most Republicans in Congress right now taking a relatively anti-Putin position and have gone along mostly with the Ukrainian aid. But even now, that is on shaky ground, and I'll come back to that in a minute. But how does this all relate back to Orwell? I want to get more into that in detail after the break. From Russia with love I fly to you Much wiser since my 
Okay, so going to the Orwell connection here, you know, Orwell was an incredible student of fascism, right, which he fictionalized both in Animal Farm and 1984. One of the key insights in 1984 was that fascists and authoritarians break down any sense of truth or moral consistency within their populations so that those people become unmoored from reality and easier to manipulate, right? And so just kind of fast forwarding, right, the Steve Bannons of the world, the fascists of 2022, um, he says, you know, flood the system with shit, right? Trump says, hey, the FBI planted documents at Mar-a-Lago, but no, they're mine, give them back to me, right? So again, just up is down, black is white, you say one thing and then the exact opposite in the same sentence, Right. And that just unmoors people from reality. And once people are so confused and so unmoored, they're much easier to manipulate and you become the puppet master. Now, in the novel 1984, there are three regions of the world, Oceania, Eurasia and East Asia. And Oceania switches from being at war with Eurasia and allied with East Asia to being at war with East Asia and allied with Eurasia. And the history books in 1984 are rewritten each time to erase the past and say that, no, they were never our enemy. They've always been our friend or they were never our friend. They've always been our enemy. So, again, just black is white, up is down. Because the key here is that fascists always need an external enemy. And the actual character of that enemy is ultimately unimportant. They just need someone to rally against. And if they can get you confused by switching that person who's an enemy is now the friend, no, the friend's now an enemy, that's just added bonus because then you're even more confused and you kind of lose your sense of perspective. And so the GOP's almost 100 degree pivot on Russia really shows the key brilliance of Orwell's insight. You know, the once mortal enemy, Russia, is now a friend. Come on, help us. Help us get Trump elected. Interfere in the election. Putin is a genius, right? And many on the right now openly admire Putin because he's anti-gay and he, he's, white, he's a white supremacist. Now, of course, they can easily come to oppose him again. So just because the right wing you know, is fans of Putin now doesn't mean that on a whim when there are no other principles at play, just the pinballing tyranny of cultist thinking, they might find a reason to hate Putin again, Right. So the key insight that is so prophetic that Orwell made is that almost the entire GOP identity that was forged in this anti-Russian stance was so easy to jettison when a racist demagogue like Kate came along because, again, once you're unmoored from principles and, in fact, confusing people is part of the game. So now, in fairness, the majority of elected Republicans continue to support Ukraine. But even that is weakening as the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, is basically threatening to halt or greatly diminish aid to Ukraine if the GOP wins the House in the midterms. Let that sink in. Republicans are saying, if you put us back in power, we will strengthen Russia and weaken democratic U Ukraine, right? Like that's a sales pitch, right? This is batshit stuff that is pretty close to treasonous. 
as Russia is an enemy of the United States and the Western world, right? But again, this is par for the course for a party that has become a fascist cult and is hosting autographs like Orban at their conferences. So this is what fascists do. Since they are a cult of false machismo, a cult of violence and confusion, they ultimately have no core principles and they just can switch. We're at war with Eurasia. No, we're at war with East Asia. No, we're at war with Eurasia. No, we're at war with East Asia. And so on and so on. So I'll come back with the antidote right after the break. Okay, so for the antidote today, I just want to first mention that I'm going to have an episode on Ukraine and the Ukrainian war with Russia in the coming, you know, months. But as a preview, I just want to say it's one of the only just wars of the past half century. Of course, with respect to the Ukrainian side, not the Russian side, but the Ukrainian fight against Russia really almost perfectly from a textbook stance, theoretical stance, meets the definition of a just war. I want to be clear that I'm not pro-war, I'm a pacifist at heart, and I wish Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine and there had been no war. But now that they did, you know, we have to analyze it from the kind of moral principles. And as, you know, from a just war theory, Ukraine's position is about, again, as textbook as you can come. And if Putin wins, it will be a huge defeat for justice and freedom and truth not only for Ukraine, but for much of the world, and will have very, very serious repercussions. So the point here is that voting for Democrats and against Republicans is important not only for domestic policy and for democracy within the United States, but for the very real threat that Republicans could try to help Putin if they win. And that's absolutely what Putin is banking on, And Putin would love it if Trump would come back into power in 2025 so that he can, you know, have a a, a lapdog in the White House and do whatever he wants and Trump will weaken NATO. So in these last two weeks before the 2022 midterms, I'm asking you for the antidote to do something additional to help the Democrats win. Text your friends, make a donation, register voters, drive people to the polls, whatever. Do one thing extra that you weren't going to do and do it for Ukraine and for support for Ukraine because if Republicans win at least one House of Congress, that's going to really, you know, perhaps weaken Ukraine's hand and that would be a horrible thing. So do, you know, vote for Democrats and against Republicans for the future of America, but also to help Ukraine and the rest of the Democratic world. So with that, everybody, if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with family, friends, and colleagues. Rate it. Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And with that, everybody, enjoy the rest of the week. Vote. Get everyone to vote. Let's do this. Take care. Be well.